0: Welcome to Apparently Speaking, the podcast from Northeast Ohio Parent with your host, Miriam Conner.
1: The tween years, that uncertain time in a child's development that has many parents realizing that they need to double down on academic focus and watch their children more carefully as they gain more trust and are exposed to more of the world through society and their peers. What is a parent to do, though, when they are feeling so much pressure to watch their kids, but also want them to gain the confidence they need to move through the world successfully in their teen years and beyond? my guest amanda craig a family therapist who has seen and experienced much of this in her practice and has legitimately written the book on it who are you and what have you done with my kid connect with your tween while they are still listening is here to discuss her book and tell parents to seize the opportunity to connect with your child while they're still listening and trusting you in her 20 plus years as a family therapist amanda craig phd lmft has worked in a variety of settings including research departments, juvenile correction facilities, high schools, Fortune 500 companies, substance abuse programs, and university and college classrooms. A native of Richfield, Minnesota, Dr. Craig has administered therapy services to tweens, adolescents, adults, couples, and families. A seasoned public speaker and published author of research papers, her awards and recognition include a certificate of appreciation from the New York State Division of Parole, 11 years of service on the juvenile justice Justice Advisory Committee of Minnesota, Certificate of Recognition from the Office of the Governor of Juvenile Justice, and the 2022 YWCA Darien Norwalk Women of Distinction Award. She is also a wife, a mother of two, and a woman of faith. Sponsored by the all-new Mazda of Kent. Your family's safety is our top priority, and Mazda has more Insurance Institute for Highway Safety Picks than any other manufacturer. So get to your Mazda destination, Mazda of Kent. Check out new Mazda CX-5 crossover SUVs, Mazda CX-30 CUVs, even 2023 Mazda CX-50 crossover SUVs, and U.S. News and World Report awarded Mazda Best Car Brand. Check out their new retail evolution dealership, the all-new Mazda of Kent, mazdakent.com. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Craig, and, and welcome to the show. Well, hello. Nice to be here. It's very nice to have you. You know, we were chatting a minute before we started recording, and I said, when I was thinking about this show, um, even the other day, and I was kind of doing a little preparation, I, I thought, it's so weird. And I, I even kind of look back at some of my old shows um, because I, I can no longer remember anything. So, um, And I said, you know, it's weird because I really haven't done much with this topic, the topic of tweens which it does seem really weird and and you you know you said, you know, yes, a lot of people talk about young kids, obviously, you know, infants and toddlers and then it kind of jumps to maybe more like teens and then that part kind of gets skipped. That it is so true. It's like
0: we worry about our do they have friends in school? How are they doing academically? How are they Doing at school, and then we kind of jump to dating and drugs and sex and how to parent a teenager. But we miss this window, and it's really a super interesting window.
1: Definitely, I mean, this is the part too. I think if if you ask a lot of parents, if you really think about it, it's like, oh yeah, that middle school, that tween, you know, it's a really important um, time and a lot of things are happening and a lot of changes, but you're right. It's not talked about enough. I don't think.
0: I agree. And do you want to know what, what I found so fascinating about this stage when I did my research
1: for the book? Absolutely.
0: Okay. Or there's your teaser. Um, <laughs> but it, and it's right. Fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh. So we even straddle kind of elementary and middle school. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times we, again, jump to the middle school or we're talking about elementary, but this unique phase. And when we say tweens, we're talking nine to 12 year olds. This stage of development is going through a huge brain neural pathway growth. In other words, it is like spring sprouting in a child's brain during these years. And what's so interesting about that is now they have all this new neural functioning, So they have new, more complex or deeper feelings. They understand social nuance more. They have bigger thoughts and opinions. And they've had no experience in this space before. So they they lack a wisdom and a way to handle all this new data coming at them.
1: Yeah, it's amazing just because that uh, more isn't done with this stage because of all those things that you just mentioned. Those are huge things, huge changes yes. um, happening. And and I, I read something. I don't know if it was on your website or your somewhere. I read this that um, you know you said parents have been through this stage, but so long ago we just really have. Kind of memories, and I know with myself, even a lot of times our memories aren't exactly <laughs> how they were. So we we need, and plus things have changed so drastically. Um, obviously from when you know we were in that that stage and that age. So we we need to educate ourselves more, I think, on this stage.
0: Well, and it's funny you say that because all that is true, and plus, who really wants to go back to middle school? <laughs> Right? most of us have kind of blocked that out and maybe have some good college memories or some good, you know, high school memory. But middle school is tough because it's such an awkward time.
1: It is. It really can be. I'm thinking of, you know, my youngest is in sixth grade right now. Now she's having a, a great time, but it, right there's still a lot going on we, we are constantly having conversations about you know just a lot of different things so there is it is a huge a huge uh, time in her life
0: and isn't it isn't it sweet how do you find this sometimes her ideas are so like big and mature and then other times they're so childlike and have a regressed quality to
1: them yeah she uh, to me I think Think that she's pretty mature and right. We have these conversations and she says these things, and I'm kind of blown away like, wow, I'm totally impressed, or how are you thinking this way already? And then I will have to admit that just selfishly, I do get excited sometimes when I see or hear her kind of like you said, it's a little more younger or childlike because I'm like, oh, she's still a little girl too, <laughs> which that's the thing, I think, right? That's the rub. Like, there's still these little kids, but then they have these big thoughts and ideas and emotions.
0: Exactly. And sometimes we expect more from them because we see this, you know, smarter side to them or this more emotionally sophisticated side. But to your point, they are still young and they've really kind of moved from parallel play of elementary into social nuance recently. And I think that's the key is because it's so recent that they're moving into this, you know, kind of deeper life cycle that they really we as parents still have a seat at the table. They still want our opinions, they still want to talk to us, they still want us to validate for them that they're good, they matter and, you know, the world is their oyster.
1: Yeah, I I do see that and even just yesterday with my daughter, I'll probably reference her a lot just because she's my youngest and she's in this stage. Um, we were driving home from something, she had a rehearsal or something, and we were talking about a situation at school, it just with friends, nothing major, just chatting. And she said that, you know, her one friend said, Oh, well, did you tell your mom about this? Or she asked her friend, did you tell your mom about that? And she's like, no. And again, it wasn't anything, you know, major, but, and the friend asked my daughter, did you tell your mom? And she said, she was repeating this conversation and she goes, oh yeah, I tell my mom everything. And I was like, just getting out of the car. And I did, I like, I was like, oh, you know, it was just music to my ears, of course, you know, and everybody wants that. Right. And and who knows if that's going to remain or not, but, um, I think that we just, we do have that open relationship. We're constantly communicating, but um, that made me very happy. <laughs>
0: it, <laughs> yeah. does. it does, because you know you still matter and your your thoughts matter. And the other thing, and we can get into the four pillars I talk mm-hmm. about in my book, but you are hitting on one of them, which is you are making room for her to have thoughts and opinions and probably share her ideas, share her stories. And that is such parent gold right there. Because when we open up space for them, I call it my book, I see you. When we open up space for them to be seen and practice their voice, we we help them build their confidence. We help them practice thinking through ideas. And in contrast, it's really easy as parents to get in there and fix it or give them the answer really quick, but that leaves them not using and and practicing that muscle. And so I give you kudos because her (laughs) still sharing with you and like valuing that says that you're providing her space to think through stuff.
1: I try very hard to say, you know, when there's a situation or whatever, well, what, what do you think How would you handle it? What do you think you should do before I jump in? I I will, you know, it's fine. I think to give, you know, here's what I, well, yeah, I think that's a great idea. Here's also what I might do or, but I'd really try hard, but it does come from a good place. I think when parents do that, you know, you want to help and fix it. You don't want to see them, you know, struggling or whatever it may be, but I do try hard to say first, you know, well, what, you know what do you think or what's your plan what would how would you like to handle it or you know and then when i do give my advice i say you know what do you think about that i also think at this yeah i also think at this age it's easy for parents to kind of dismiss their issues their problems because it's like oh you know you're just You know what I mean? You're just like a 10 or 11 or, you know what I mean? That's just silly. This is not a big deal. So I think it's important not to do that. I'm sure you would agree.
0: Oh, my gosh. And you're kind of segueing into my second
1: pillar. Perfect.
0: Right. (laughs) Which is I want to know you. And Mm -hmm. that's the idea of understanding them and their complexities. And you're right. Like 10, 11, now we would say I'd love to go back to those problems because adulthood is hard. (laughs) Right. Right. But we all know what it was like those late elementary, middle school years. And like, that is tough for them. And when we can make space, right, that's number one. And then ask about their feelings, ask about what that experience was like for them and value the um, process of life they're going through and value how complicated it is and recognize their emotion as valuable and validate for them. It makes a ton of sense why they feel that way. And we, we give them kind of permission to have feelings. We give permission to own that. And that builds confidence.
1: That's great. And that's what we want, right? We want them to be confident. So many things happen, I think, because of lack of confidence. Um, so we want our kids to be confident. And that's a hard age, you know, to really have that confidence. So I know I kind of jumped ahead a little maybe, but let's do talk about your four. Um, you know what I mean? I know we touched on some, but... So the first
0: one we talked about was, and and here, I'll back up and say this piece. You know, these are the four pillars of emotional connection And this idea is getting so much um, research and um, buzz because what we know is the brain takes in relationship experiences and sends messages through the entire body. You look at the autonomic nervous system, right? It sends messages to the heart, to the stomach, to to the digestive system, all to say either we are safe and secure in relationship or we are, we are in discomfort, distress. That's where you get into the stress response. And so as parents, and, and like this stuff applies to partnership too, right? It's relationships. When we are exhibiting skills in the emotional connection umbrella, one, we're saying, I see you, I'm making space for you. And number two, which we talked about here, the other one is I want to know you, which means I want to know your emotions. I want to know how you express yourself. And the other part of that is I'm also as a parent going to model for you. So I'm going to name my feelings. I'm going to name like I can feel myself impatient right now because I am so tired or I've got this deadline at work and I'm so anxious about it. I can tell I'm not listening to you right now. Mm. When we give that kind of feedback to our tweens, we are sharing with them, we are modeling for them how to express emotion in a way that's healthy and collaborative, right? It's not their fault. They don't leave wondering if they did something wrong or if I like them. They are actually practicing the muscle of this is what emotional awareness is. This is okay. And this is how you express it
1: yeah, that's really, really good stuff. and I'm very big. I talk a lot about modeling, but I love that you kind of name that, you know, and, and you just like being honest too with with your with your tweet and your child, you know, I'm like you said, I know I'm not really listening. I'm just tired or I'm distracted because I have this going on. And that's okay because you're you're being honest. you're you're letting them know that you're having these emotions too, and you're aware of it. So I really like that, yeah,
0: absolutely. And like the humanity of it. Right. The humanity that we all are tired. We all are overwhelmed. We all like we have those days. And to let them know that makes them feel regular, makes them feel, you know, normal, if you will, that, oh, okay, if I'm overwhelmed, that's not a bad thing. I don't have to hide it. That's actually a normal part of being a human.
1: Right. And I do, I love the, you know, I want to know you, how you you talk about that a lot. I just, I think that's so important, right? For everybody, you want to feel whoever, like you said, relationship, whether it's, you know, romantic relationship, friendship, whatever it is, you want to feel that feels good, right? When that other person really is attentive and wants to know things about you, you know, has conversations, trying to get, get to really know who you are. That feels great for us. So, same for them. They know that, hey, my my parent, my mom or dad, they really they're really into me. They really want to know who I am, my thoughts, feelings, emotions, and all that.
0: Beautiful. Well said. That's so true. And that that segues into the third pillar, which is I am here for you.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And this one gets into and I, I kind of talk about three pieces of it. One is us as a family, right? This builds resiliency. When kids know they have someone behind them that's cheering them on, someone that'll have their back when they fall or fail, somebody who will be in it, it brings such comfort. And it can also be someone who's there to have fun, someone who is there. They have rituals. Um, For a while, my son's 13 now, but we used to drive to Starbucks and then we do this drive around our community into this really cool area. And, you know, like that was our thing. And like that made memories that will probably stay the test of time. We will always go back to remember when or we had that conversation when fun, play, um, rituals are all ways family can grow tight and be close and and play is something we're kind of getting away from you know the screens have kind of yeah. taken over some of our fun time where you know we all kind of go on a screen and that's our fun and maybe for 15 20 minutes half hour that's fun but ultimately fun is being outside exploring the world or having inside jokes or you know board games or you know, doing things where we're interacting. And and I said, there's three pieces to it. Expanding that, this would be the second, to include community. So I have other adults in my kid's life, whether it's at the church or within our culture or within hobbies and interests we have that are also adults in their life that, again, have their back and are going to cheer them on.
1: That's great. I really like that. Just the whole importance of family. And like you said, someone who's there for you, they know you can, they can count on that family. Um, They're there, they're supportive, but also I love that you know, just the thing with your son, that's just a, that wasn't like a huge thing, right? It didn't cost a lot of money. It wasn't this huge thing. It had to be planned. It was just like, Hey, let's go get our you know, whatever you got, your coffee, your treat, and you'd had that ride you would take. And he is going to remember that, you know, you both are. And like I said, a lot of times that, like you said, that's time where some great communication can happen because it's just you, you're in the car. Um, And I I really, really love stuff like that. And it became, you know, a ritual.
0: Absolutely. Rituals are so important. I had a family say the other day, they're not religious. So they have this holiday that's, Um, it's, it's like a holiday without a holiday. It's their own made up thing. And it happens on the same day each year and they look forward to it and they plan for it and they kind of giggle about it because it's not a real, like a Hallmark holiday. It's their holiday. And again, the memories and the excitement and like the bond they build by having that and look forwarding, looking forward to that. It's just a, um it's a really important part. We forget, you know, academics and, and exercising that part of the brain is important, but also exercising the brain of fun and play and family is also important.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. And we have a lot of like you know, traditions, rituals that we do, and just a lot of them are little things. And I did you know, when they're little, I think it's easy to do wow. a lot of those little kind of things. And a lot of them I still will do, you know, and they're, they're like, you know, they're 19, 16, 12, you know, so they laugh like, oh, brother, mom, you know, or let, you know, but then I was like, well, do you want me not to do this? And they're like, no, you know, they like it, still like it. It's part of their tradition, part of their ritual, even though some of the things are kind of younger and I just do it to be silly, they still like it and look and expect it.
0: There you go. And the the last part I say on I'm here for you is as a family, I'm also going to expose you to people, places, and things that are different from us. Mm -hmm. That exposure to others helps kids and tweens tolerate differences and actually feel comfortable bringing people that aren't like them to the table. So when they're in college or when they're in a profession, when they've never been around other other races or other people from socioeconomic status or other, you know, cultural or religious traditions, they will not value that the same way as they will if they have practiced and had exposure to people that are different. It is then that they see the value other people bring that they don't have in them.
1: Yeah, that's great and really important, and just a really good reminder too. I think just that exposure um, is really important, and I I want to go back to how you talked about community. That's something that can be really special and. Um, My kids, just where we live, have had the opportunity to get to know even just some some older members of our community where they've done some work for them, just helping care for their animals or their yards and things like that, and really have developed... A really cool, you know, some really cool relationships with some of these um people. And it's it's been really neat to see. And they they really enjoy my kids. And even though they're older, they want to maybe go to some of their events and things. And um, it's just been a really neat thing and and really neat for for my kids to see too.
0: I love that. It, because there you're talking about the generational differences. Yeah. It's easy for a kid to say, Oh, an old person, they don't know, they're right. right, versus when they've been with them and sat down and had conversation, they pick up on the wisdom and the comfort of that relationship. You know, anytime it's an adult, it's like, are they, you know, what are they going to think of me? Are they going to tell me I have to do something, right? The parent age. But when you get into our seniors, our grandparents, there's a comfort there. They're not gonna tell me what to do and how to do it. They're just gonna hang with me and we're gonna have some conversation and they have a lot of great stories.
1: Yeah, it, so that's been really neat to watch. And I and I tell my kids, you know, it's beneficial for you because, you know, for all those reasons you, you just listed, and it's beneficial for, you know, those those people who I have the relationship with, you know. I said they they love it when you are there. You know, even if you're there to do a job or whatever, I could see that they just enjoy you being there. So yeah. you're you're it's great on both ends. So I think that's something important, you know, but yeah, we get so busy sometimes or like you said the kids like at first might feel uncomfortable, but once they exactly. do it, I think, you know, if you kind of make them, they will they'll see the benefits of it and really enjoy those relationships.
0: And that that point I put an exclamation on exactly right. It they will be uncomfortable and we want them to be uncomfortable with it when they're tweens. Right, And they have so much time to exercise those muscles and, and, mm-hmm. and learn how to connect with people that are unique or are different from them, rather than they go to college, they walk in the classroom, and now there's their first exposure. It's like right. they just they won't feel as comfortable. There'll be such a discomfort. And often with discomfort, we pull away rather than lean in.
1: Right, they don't have that frame of reference. Um, If they have it, they can lean on that and say, "Yeah, I, you know, I was uncomfortable. It was to end up being great. So this will be the same."
0: So I love that, and and again, because the the brain is growing and having all this spring sprouting, it's a perfect time for those exposures because in the adolescence, the brain prunes away what it's not using. And so we want to really, when I keep saying exercise the muscle, we want to exercise muscles of having a voice that you put out into the world, meeting new people and and inviting them to the table, um, sharing your thoughts and feelings and and expressing yourself in a way that's meaningful for you. That all will stay during that pruning process.
1: Yeah. And so your fourth, pillar. Okay. So the fourth
0: pillar is I will keep you safe. Mm. Now, a lot of times this is where parents come to my office, my therapy office, because they've kind of started or they put most of their eggs in the basket of, I'll keep you safe. So those are the parents who struggle with, um, I'm telling my kid what they need to do. We have a lot of rules and expectations. We move really fast. When they don't do these things, there are consequences. Kids fight against- Sounds
1: it. fun. <laughs>
0: yeah, doesn't it? But, but it's amazing. It comes, to your earlier point, right? It comes from a good place. Parents yeah, trying, for sure. Parents are trying to keep them safe, trying to- um, lead them on a successful path so the intention is really good the problem becomes kind of twofold one um kids will now we're in a power struggle so tweens are typically and then two going to pull away right so we power struggle that's no fun because that's conflict or they'll just withdraw from us right and then they no longer trust us. They they wonder what our intentions are. They feel we're a little suspect. And so what I, what I often say to parents is, in this spirit, really we want to set up in these. And I always say, if you have a five, six, seven-year-old, my book is good for you because we want... Our kids to have a voice. We want to start practicing um, and talking about emotional awareness, and we want to be there and start family rituals. So, we want to start with that foundation. And then, as they get older, and you know this bigger kids, bigger problems, we want to start putting more boundaries in place. And so, what I often say to parents is, you know, start with two boundaries. You know, the phones go. All the screens go on the charging station at night, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Everything's off at eight o'clock. Saturday mornings, you start with 30 minutes and then we have breakfast together. Like start with something easy to parent. Because again, when you set up five boundaries, okay, you can only have two hours a day. It has to be put away. You got to be in by dark. You got to do homework for an hour, You've got to show me all your homework for the week. Like you have a lot of parenting you have to do. Right. Right. Start with like two and parent them well, meaning be
1: consistent and follow through. Your family safety is our top priority. And Mazda has more Insurance Institute for Highway Safety picks than any other manufacturer. So get to your Mazda destination, the all new Mazda of Kent mazdakent.com. There's no inventory shortage here. Test drive a new Mazda today. Check out new Mazda CX-5 crossover SUVs, Mazda CX-30 CUVs, even 2023 Mazda CX-50 crossover SUVs. And maintenance is no charge for one year. Plus Mazda certified pre-owned vehicles with the balance of a seven year, 100,000 mile warranty. US News and World Report awarded Mazda best car brand. Come experience our new retail evolution dealership created solely with the customer in mind. We provide a premium experience that customers expect and deserve. Test drive a new Mazda today at your Mazda destination, the all new Mazda of Kent, where my family shops for cars. Mazdakent.com, Mazdakent.com. Yeah, I've always thought that too many roles, that's not as effective as, you know, the the really ones that are really, really important to you and they're consistent.
0: Absolutely. And to like put these all together in this last pillar, it is something like we're not having angry, impulsive rules, but we're talking about rules in this kind of matter of fact, we're hanging out You know, neither of us are agitated or what I say, dysregulated, right? We feel connected. And in these car rides or walking the dog, it's like, you know, I I think now as you're getting older and screens are becoming a more important part of your life, we should talk about like how that makes sense in our family. And I was thinking like maybe we put them up at night, you know, like all of us put them on the charging station at eight o'clock. What do you think of that? Oh, I don't like that. I want it in my room. How come you want it in your room? Well, my friends have it in in their room, but, but how come you want it in your, I don't know. So maybe let's try this station for a while and like, let's give it two weeks and we can revisit. Yeah, all right. Right, so like we're having some conversation. Ultimately, we get to an important place and we talk about like why that's important and why, where they're coming from. And then, but it's in a very, um, calm kind of collaboration rather than right in conflict. And now I'm power struggle with you.
1: Right. Right. No, I, I like that. Right. Right. It's, it's not when you're upset about something or something happened, then you're like, okay, that phone's going here. You, you're you deciding it up front. Like With our kids, it was like when they got the phone, it was just like, they knew that at night it was going to be in the charging station. It wasn't you know, I, no one was mad. No one did anything. It was just, that's what we're going to do. But I talked to them about why. Exactly. Um, and a lot of times I say, it's not even that I think you're going to do something bad on it, even though some things like that can happen if you don't plan on it. But I also, you know, your sleep's going to be disrupted. Other people will be texting, you. you know, it's just too much of a temptation. It's a temptation for me. So I always let them know, same, if I have it right next to me at night, I end up, you know, Oh, I'll just look at it for a couple minutes and then before I know it half hour, you know, and that mm-hmm. so it's just kind of that expectation but it wasn't done in reaction or mad it was just like this is just this is just what we do here so if you want the phone this is just how it's going to be. Absolutely. And and you know that
0: calm presentation kind of keeps the dynamic calm. Yeah. And, and 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 like here's the other thing about that is if they do start to get angry, hey, that's not fair, all my friends, and we give them space, well, tell me more about that. Like, what are your friends doing? What? How does that translate to what you're hoping for? Like, tell me about your opinion on this. That will kind of de-escalate or regulate them again because they get to talk it out. They get to think through it. They have a voice. And so they feel a se- they feel respected. They feel like they matter. And when right. they start hearing their voice out loud, they can, especially, you know, once they get 10, 11, 12, they, they start to hear the nonsense in what they're saying,
1: you know? <laughs> right. And even like, I might even admit sometimes, yeah, you, you made some good points. However, you know, this is just something that, it's, I'm not going to change my mind on it. You know, some things I might consider go, Oh yeah, you know, that makes sense. That's fine. I don't have a problem with changing, but you know, some things I just tell them like, this isn't, this is non-negotiable. And because they've been
0: able to share with you what they were hoping that, um, hard rule isn't as devastating right. than if it's been a power struggle. Their voice has been dismissed or shut down. And now you're bringing the hammer.
1: Right. And they don't have 500 other rules either. Eh. Right. They have rules, but it's not like, oh, we have a rule about every little thing. I just don't operate that way. So the few that are like that one, you know what I mean? Then I think they also, it's like a fine, you know what I mean? There's not too many other huge things going on.
0: (laughs) No, it, it makes a ton of sense because if kids have a lot of rules they're supposed to follow, it's stressful, right? It's yeah. like, oh, I can, I got to tell my friend, my friend's not going to like it. None of my other friends have this. What should I do? Should I not do it? Should I ask my parents? Should I? Should I do, 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 right? Like now they're in an anxious spin trying to figure out how to engage in their world and also how to meet the expectations of parents.
1: Right. No, I think that's great. You know, great points. I want to ask you about one, th- some- yeah. well, I know we're running on time, but I want to ask you about a couple of things. One thing was, you know, you said at this age, and this is obviously true, they're hyper aware of themselves, which, you know, you do see that if you have, you know, anyone those ages, you know, nine to 12, they do then start to become hyper aware of themselves where before they weren't. So how do parents, what's your best advice to kind of deal with that aspect of this age?
0: Yeah. And it is so funny because they are hyper aware of themselves. And everybody else. And because they have that egocentricism, they feel like everybody is looking at them and so aware of them. So it is this kind of weird, awkward – and often they come off very, like, insecure or socially awkward. Yeah. So um, having said that, you know, what can parents do? I I invite conversation. I help them, like, put words to the feeling. So – um you'll hear them say well you know i walked up to my i hear this a lot from the girls i walked up to my peer group they don't call it that but i walk up to my friends and they you know stop talking i know they were talking about me <laughs> right and jerk is maybe they were maybe they weren't no they weren't right like so what if they were don't you know never mind that that's kind of like our propensity after years of wisdom around relationships right versus oh you think so well tell me more about what happened or what you were thinking oh what was that like for you were you embarrassed or did you feel a little left out again now we're helping them cultivate language around yeah what was that feeling was it embarrassed did i feel left out was i just angry right so we're helping you know tell me your story and let's unpack the emotional experience Mm -hmm. And then what do you want to do about that? Is there something you want to do? What do you see as your options? What do other kids do when they're in that situation? But, and then, you know, another piece to it would be, and this I think is that I am here for you, is we can validate for kids. You make a ton of sense. That does sound like a hard experience. I've been, and we don't want to get too much into the I've been Mm because those stories wear thin, but- I've been there before, so I can imagine what that was like for you. And when we give them, again, space to talk and like think through things, they feel better. And then when we tell them you make a ton of sense, the relief they feel, because in their head, conscious or unconscious, they don't know if they make sense. They don't know if they should feel secure and when we say you you go girl you got this boy you know feel secure we validate for them like you make sense in this world and and that over time um makes them more confident raising their hand in a class or trying a new activity
1: mhm yeah and this this might not be um Right, what I should do, but I always and it's kind of a joke. You know, my kids know it's a joke, so if they'll tell me something like that, you know, this person said this about me, or I think they were talking about me, those kind of things, you know. Yeah, I'm like, I know it's because they're so jealous of you, and it's a joke. You know, I mean, I don't really think you know. And so my kids, they know that I'm going to say that as a joke. Like they'll even say, like, I know, mom. You know. And so we, it really just lightens it though. Yes, and we and we laugh about it then, and I go, you know what like, what if they were saying something about you? Like, who, like, do you care if those people were saying, do you really care? Like, who cares? A lot of times it's like, no, you know, or if it is someone they care, you know, and I do say, you know, a lot of times kids are jealous. I mean, I say it as a joke, but, or they're just insecure. So they have to talk about, and I do remind them that, you know, it might not have been like something majorly bad. Just maybe comment where I say like, everybody, like you probably do that too. I do that. Doesn't mean it's right, but it's not meaning anything. You know what I mean? And so I just say, you know what? You have two options. Let it go. Or if you care about that person, then you, then you can ask them about it. And And then they think about it, you know, and go, okay, I, I, this is no big deal. I'm going to let it go. Or I am going to, and then I'm like, if you do want to ask them about it, ask them in private and just ask them about it.
0: Absolutely. And then the next time something happens, then you can ask them, well, what do you think your options are? Right. Because you've given it to them, right? And it's like, what, what, what made sense to them? What are they marinating on? And and do they repeat those or do they have new ones they come up with? Because right. a lot of times our tweens can solve their problems. They just need a sounding board to think it out. And I love how you start with the humor, right? That goes back to those rituals. When 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 they can kind of laugh for a minute, it almost centers them into, okay, this isn't yeah. um, a mountain, right? This is a molehill and I can work this out. And like, it actually clears the mind a little bit to really start problem solving and thinking through as much as they can at this age because
1: right. their frontal
0: cortex is so underdeveloped, but they can think, <laughs> you know, right. so it's like giving them that time to say, "What is? It, what do you think your options are? Or would you do A, B, or what would be another option?
1: Right. Yeah. What's these are these are the things I might do A or B, or is there something else you might do that's good too? You know, just let them come up with something. And I think what I have found just with my own kids is a lot of times just talking it through. Just this is with anyone really, and just letting them tell the story and kind of we're talking it through. By the time you're done with that, it's like a lot of times it's not as big of a deal as they thought it was, you know, or they're like, okay, just, you know, they've calmed down. They've vented just like adults, you know, we we get a chance to vent or whatever, sit on it. You know, I'll tell them, Sue, just sleep on it and we'll see what you think about it tomorrow. And oftentimes, you know, just as with us, it's maybe not as big of a deal as they thought it was the day before.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Because they got it off their chest it's no yeah. longer swimming in their head you know anxiety is a racing thoughts has a racing thoughts quality to it so when they can get it out it no longer has to race alone in their head and it does kind of put it in perspective
1: right um no i think yeah i think it's great just letting them get their emotions out and talk it through. And I do, I do try to, that's just how we are. You know, I just try to joke with them, not dismiss them. You know, we joke and then then we talk about it a lot, but I do try to get them to laugh a little bit. And that does help. It really does. <laughs> um, even when they, you know, when they are telling me like, I, you know, I, I can't do this or, Oh my gosh, I can't believe you're not gonna let me do this or whatever, something like that. They know that I always my first thing is like, I know, call children's services. And, you know, right. <laughs> then they just crack up, you know, they know I'm gonna say it and they just laugh, and then it's kind of usually over with. Or then they think about it, yeah, like, okay, it's not a big deal, you know, as compared to all the things we do get to do, that kind of thing.
0: Absolutely. And how you describe it, you're keeping it light and you're keeping some irony or some humor in it that they pick up on. Now, if you have a kid that um, in some, like we do a lot of humor in my house and I can do a lot of irony and like, you know.
1: Yeah. Like sarcasm, but you have to know your kids can understand that. Yeah. yeah. A
0: little more serious and they don't, that, that feels more dismissive to them. And so Mm -hmm, it is knowing your kid and, and if they're a little more of a serious kid, then it might be really focusing on letting them tell their story, letting them think about their options, yes. and then really validating you make a ton of sense.
1: Right. And some kids are super literal. Yeah. So you have to know, even with me, I've, you know, teaching, you know- I, my experience in teaching same, you know, it's like some kids I knew I could joke with them or be sarcastic and they would kind of come right back at it and we'd laugh. And some kids I knew they would maybe take me too seriously. Um, So, you know, you kind of, you have to tread lightly. So yeah, it's just knowing your kids and each one's different. So you can't maybe do those same things with all of them or know the timing of it. You know, if it's really something I'm saying, I'm being silly, you know, about those kind of things, but I Don't do that if it's something they're really upset about.
0: There you go. You're reading the room, right? You're reading Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. And that's what makes parenting one of the many things so challenging is I have three kids, right? I have two, but I have kids. I've got to parent them differently. I've got to know them and their uniqueness. Like it becomes a lot. And then right there in that moment, I don't know what's coming at me. They come home, well, I don't know if they're going to be in a good mood, a bad mood. They're going to be hungry. They're going to be tired. They're going to be stressed about a test. Like, so we're just kind of waiting ducks in a way.
1: (laughs) Waiting to see. (laughs) Yeah, just things change. Like you said, with these tween years, you know, you may have of thought you finally figured everything out and then it's like, oh, wait, they changed a lot. I know. And they
0: do. And like yeah. from 9 to 13, you will see not only the way they think and the way they express their emotions, but also their physical, right? Once they start yeah. in puberty, you're going to see all of the hormones and and the changes there come to light. So
1: mm-hmm. it is a ride. Yeah. And I do like what we talked about earlier, you know, just to keep in mind that it doesn't mean don't, you know, parent or just let them do whatever, but like, just keep in mind that they are only still that age. And, and, you know, you're talking about the things neurologically going on. So just let the expectations, you know, keep them realistic.
0: I love that. I love that. And it's so true. And, and like kind of tapping into what's realistic for, for, you know, my, my daughter versus my son and what, taking care of me as a parent, right? The one thing parents are kind of getting away from is we can get so hyper-focused on the parenting piece that we are um, losing ourselves and making time. So I guess as we wrap up here, I just encourage parents, know your fun, know your joy and really, really make space in that because you will be a better parent When you're able to, the the airlines have been saying it forever, put your mask on first. It's like we have to do that in child raising because it's a long game. And in order to have the stamina for it, we really do need to have time in the world for us to be us.
1: I love that. Great way to end it. Um, so I appreciate, I, I had a great conversation with you. Um, really important topic that isn't talked about enough. So I thank you so much. And for your book. So can you tell the listeners how to find that book and connect with you and all that good stuff? Yes.
0: So the book is entitled, who are you and what have you done with my kid? Connect with your tween while they're still listening. It is on Amazon. It is out in um, bookstores. And for more information on me and, and some of these tips and tricks, you can find me on Instagram at Amanda Craig PhD.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Wonderful talking with you.
1: You too. Thank you. Sponsored by the all new Mazda of Kent. Your family's safety is our top priority. And Mazda has more Insurance Institute for highway safety picks than any other manufacturer. So get to your Mazda destination, Mazda of Kent. Check out new Mazda CX-5 crossover SUVs, Mazda CX-30 CUVs, even 2023 Mazda CX-50 crossover SUVs. And US News and World Report awarded Mazda best car brand. Check out their new retail evolution dealership the all-new Mazda of Kent, mazdakent.com. Thank you for listening to Apparently Speaking. Listen and subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Podbean, and iHeartRadio. Find the podcast and much more at northeastohioparent.com. Like Apparently Speaking on Facebook and email me at podcast at northeastohioparent.com.